0: Quiet on the
1: set. Okay, everybody, quiet on the set.
0: Scene one, take ten. Marker. Studios of the Modern School of Film. Welcome to Murmur. My name is Robert Malazzo, and over the next hour together, we'll explore where culture meets craft. Today on Murmur, who is it? It's us. Singer, performer, Andy Bell is with us. Welcome to Murmur Welcome back to Murmur Robert Malazzo here with you I am the founder of the Modern School of Film With you on Murmur Radio Murmurradio.com Check us out Download us Subscribe to us iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher TuneIn Radio Social handles At MSFMurmur Twitter, Instagram Check us out at film.com. Speaking of film.com, I will be in Vienna, Austria very soon July 16th through the 20th doing a workshop that I've constructed called Day for Night Day for Night is a series of craft classes for filmmakers actors, entrepreneurs, producers writers, cinematographers motion media creators During the day we will do craft based lessons which I'll lead and at night, day for night I will be doing some guest talks with native artists of Vienna Folks who call Vienna their home and work and ply their art ModernSchoolFilm.com to check out day for night But you are tuned in now to Murmur Radio Welcome back to Murmur Today on the show, Andy Bell. Andy is one half of Erasure. He is either the glass half full or the glass half empty. I'm guessing full. I haven't met Vince Clark, who is the other half architect, co-architect of Erasure. Uh, But uh, Andy seems like a sweet man and a thoughtful artist and a great singer. So I want to talk to him today about today's topic, which is anthems remember that word when was the last time you used the word anthem yes national anthems are in the athletic debate right now in the u.s we won't go into that today but we will look at this idea of a song as an anthem andy bell vince clark erasure uh, have a fascinating backstory andy bell literally answered an ad uh looking for a singer auditioned for vince he was actually a big fan of vince's vince had masterminded uh yaz and also um, Depeche Mode was the early, the first iteration of Depeche Mode. So Andy was a fan. He auditioned. He relaxed himself and he got the gig <laughs> 25 years later or more. 1985, they started uh, making amazing records together. So over 30 years, but 25 million records sold. And Erasure has done pretty well. I wanted to talk to Andy about anthems today because when I was thinking about when Erasure came of age and when I started listening to songs that were connecting to this idea of larger ideas, larger cultural, social, educational ideas, patriotism, a form of allegiance in the sense of songs that bring bring people together, songs that are a kind of clarion call, not even purposefully and and actually today anthems are going to take on a sort of incidental anthem feel um, Erasure's songs and you know them most likely you know them a little respect chains of love always oh l'amour you know the tunes but what were they saying to you at the time what were they saying to millions and millions of listeners and fans at the time what are they saying to us now I think they've survived time and anthems that's another or that's a requisite for anthems if we want to check boxes one is survive time anthems. And I think erasures have. The anthem has to be good. The song has to be good. It has to be solid. I think if if the anthem isn't a good song in and of itself, aside from its intended or unintended message, it's not going to float. The 80s when Erasure was making music and that whole wave of music, but let's locate it obviously today with today's guest, Andy Bell. I was thinking of it because really we were timing it or the songs were coming out during a time where culturally Uh, We were taking a look at HIV and the AIDS crisis was hitting, the epidemic of AIDS and HIV. So there is something about the admixture of Erasure's work and what is often called the gay civil rights movement, the birth of gay civil rights around the 80s. So there is something to be said about that crossover. Anthems come at the right time. That's another box we want to check about anthems, good songs coming at the right time, and maybe not intentionally to that topic. I don't think Erasure, I don't think Andy and Vince were writing about the AIDS crisis. They were living through it. Uh, We all were, who were alive at the time, who had friends and colleagues and artists, and people we knew were being affected. So I would also add that maybe being too intentional about a song works against it being an anthem. When we look at pop culture anthems, music anthems, sonic anthems that are really great songs anyway, to shoot the arrow too firmly at the target may miss the target. Now, that is obviously the antithesis of something like a national anthem, which we'll talk about in our closing of our opening today, because I was thinking about it. I love national anthems. I'm fascinated by songs that are exalted to this sort of natural patriotic status. And when I watch the Olympics and or the World Cup, I love listening to the anthems and deciphering, oh, I like that anthem and I like that I don't like that anthem. U.S. Anthem, I think, is cool. I think there are others that are more interesting songs, but we'll talk a little bit about that in a moment or two. Uh, Anthems, it's funny because those who either intentionally or unintentionally write anthems become anthemic themselves they become advocates and activists whether they want to or not and i think there's a double-edged sword there i want to talk to andy about that now andy has done great advocacy work for the lgbtq community of uh, both in new york and in the in the uk so he has given himself to the advocacy but i think sometimes anthems can imply something about their authorship that may or may not be true now Andy and Vince's music with an erasure. Another part of it, I think, lyrically, which was interesting. Listening to some of the songs today again, the songs aren't about aren't about gay civil rights, but they are about, you know, coming into the open and not being afraid and holding hands and and comfort and and support, uh, living the life you want to live. So. You know, inadvertently or not, it's interesting that I think anthems can sometimes find that zeitgeist. You know, they're timeless, but they're zeitgeist-based as well. Now, anthems also stretch a kind of large spectrum of style of music. It's beyond pop, and I think pop are probably the least likely. So that's one of the reasons I wanted to have Andy on the show today. The fact that Erasure was making anthems is fascinating because I don't think pop anthems usually extend to cultural anthropology, Pop anthems are usually reserved for song of the summer or song for school or school's out, you know, that kind of thing. Or when I was in college, it was uh, uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Light. I don't think Meatloaf wanted groups of college students to sing along, but he got that. Uh, Blister in the Sun was another one. And those are always changing. Right. Those pop cultural whatever country, those pop cultural song of the summer, songs you can't get out of your head. I'm not looking at those anthems today. I'm looking at larger clarion calls for anthems. We could have an episode a week on anthems uh, subdivided, you know, folk rock, folk music. Uh, Those are anthems. Those are social songs as well. These genres and these categories cross over protest songs, reggae, uh, redemption song. Um, So there are different forms. Punk. You know, we've, we had Steve Jones on the show talking about punk, talking about, you know, glam rock that led to punk. You know, both are sort of anthemic. They they speak to large groups. They say, come on, I'm with you, I'm feeling you. And not without saying that, they're inspiring the, that e- ethos in their listeners. Join the cause, put on your eyeliner, let's go, or whatever the case may be. But, you know, punk and all of these types of anthemic musicies, pop or, or faux, or punk it's in the ear of the beholder right that's sort of the the real headline today the ear of the beholder how we hear something punk to one person may not be punk to another and what that punk inspires us to do whether it's mosh or or incite a a riot or social protest that's not the responsibility of the artist that lies with us but it's an exciting concept music that can still make you look internally, externally at a thing. It's also looking at our life and taking a step back. Uh, depression, you know, or exaltation are, are kind of on the same spectrum of anthemic ideology or manifestation. You know, anything that makes us look deep, more deeply or in a new way, maybe that's the last box of anthems. So anthemic music can be Morrissey. Anthemic music can be Nine Inch Nails. It's not simply do this or iterations of doing. It can also be looking more deeply, songs and sounds that bring us together. I'll just relay one quick story before we bring in Andy Bell. Though this was something that summed up Anthems to me really beautifully at the time. I was in Beijing traveling, uh, teaching and traveling, and I was in a park, one of the beautiful parks of Beijing. The name of the park escapes me, but I saw a group of people, uh, and this man was handing out a paper to them, and they started singing. I walked a little closer, and essentially, the the, uh, the the paper being passed out were lyric sheets, and the men and women were singing along together. And I don't speak Chinese, so I didn't quite know what they were singing. I caught the eye of a, another man watching and listening, and the, the songs were beautiful. The sounds were beautiful. The emotions were beautiful. So I looked across, and and I walked over to this man observing as well, and I said, "What are they singing about?" And he said, "They're singing communist songs." And I sort of caught myself, and I thought, "Well, I'm not a communist." That's not my political ideology, but the songs are beautiful and the words are moving. And maybe because it was inspired being spoken in English, it felt larger than the, 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 the words itself. The dramaturgy, there was a larger dramaturgy than the words. And I'm not excusing uh, awful ideology because the, the music is great, but I do think it, it, it shows to go you that if the pretext is large enough, the sounds combined with the pretext of music especially can really lead us into a beautiful anthemic state. Speaking of anthems, yes, Andy Bell is in the U.K. He's not in the U.K. right now. He's in the U.S. And yes, I know, God Save the Queen and America the Beautiful are the same tune. I am going to stay away from that today with Andy for the sake of diplomacy. Yes, the Brits did it first. God Save the Queen was 1745 composed by Thomas Arne. God Save the Queen, which is interesting as an anthem for England because it's a very dirgy song. It sounds like a funeral. Uh, we, It's not our official anthem. It was actually the U.S. official anthem, 1831, written by Samuel Francis Smith, who was a theology student studying in Germany. He was quite taken by how German students started their school day by singing a hymn. He penned My Country Tis of Thee, um, which is God Save the Queen. That song served as our national anthem until 1931, which is rather late that the Star Spangled Banner became the national anthem. Uh, And all that, all that tunology of those two anthems was cribbed from an Italian composer, Musio Clementi. So the idea of anthems being shared, don't burden me with that. I'm not going to lay that at Andy's feet. We've all stolen anthems and reassigned them. Okay, get off my back, get off my lawn, stay on my podcast, though. Oh, one other note before we bring in Andy. Did you know Antarctica has no anthem, has no flag either? They're all technically visitors there. Uh, But actually, for the first time ever, they had a pride gathering, This was the first time ever Antarctica had an LGBTQ pride gathering. And since they are sovereignly governed through the United Nations, it's officially, unofficially, the only country, continent in the world, the whole geography of which acknowledges pride. (laughs) How about that? Aren't you glad you tune in to Murmur every week? I am. (laughs) I'd download us if I wasn't talking so much. (laughs) Today on the show, Andy Bell at Anthems. Now this. Looks like I missed something.
2: Yeah, you did. We're all officially kicked out of school. Wormer just got our grades. They kicked us out of school? Huh. That makes sense. Hey! What's this lying around shit? Well, what the hell is supposed to do, you moron?
1: War's over, man. Wormer dropped the big one. What?
2: Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Germans? Forget it, he's rolling. And it ain't over now. Because when the going gets tough... The tough get going! Who's with me? Let's go! Come on! What the fuck happened to the Delta? I used to know. Where's the spirit? Where's the guts? Huh? This could be the greatest night of our lives. But you're going to let it be the worst. Oh, we're afraid to go with you, Pluto. We might get in trouble. Well, just kiss my ass from now on! Not me! I'm not going to take this! Warmer, he's a dead man! Marmalade, dead! Meyer, Dead. Ludo's right. Psychotic, but absolutely right. We gotta take these bastards. Now, we could fight them with conventional weapons. That could take years and cost millions of lives. No, no, no. No, in this case, I think we have to go all out. I think this situation absolutely requires that a really futile and stupid gesture be done on somebody's part. We're just the guys to do it.
3: Let's do it.
0: Today we're talking about anthems on the show, anthemic music. Music that brings people together, Mr. Bell. All right. Causing people to make society changes. Today's guest made a change uh, over 30 years ago. He was in a twosome called The Void, but he was also selling shoes. I'm sure he doesn't miss that. He answered an advert in Melody Maker, Singer Wanted by Songwriter. Well, uh, 25 million records later, millions and millions of lives changed. This guy's done pretty well, considering he is the son of dart champions. Please welcome to Murmur one half of the iconic legendary artist, Erasure, Mr. Andy Bell. Andy, welcome to the show, my friend. Robert, hi. Hi, Andy. How are you, my friend? I'm fine. Thank you very much. How are you? I'm we- well. Cheers, man. And thank you so much for taking the time to chat. I really appreciate it.
3: It's awesome. So- an amazing intro- introduction.
0: Thank you very much. Well, you wrote it because I'm just reading your history. So, thank you for allowing giving me <laughs> okay. this subject matter. You know, let's start with the small questions. Can music inspire someone to want to do something, want to support something, want to make something, want to come together with other people? Can music rally uh, the human being?
3: Um, I think it can. I mean, we've 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 uh, you know, uh I think there's a history of music, really, like uh, even, you know, social songs and things like that, you know, especially uh, coming out of London, like old time musical songs and uh, even, dare I say, songs from the Salvation Army, they they were kind of used as, uh, you know, people in the UK used to pick the tunes and then change the words to fit their own uh meaning you <laughs> right, know? so we, right. we if, you, if you if you kind of like marching down the road it's like when you're going down you're on gay pride and you're saying two four six eight is your husband really straight and stuff <laughs> like that you know <laughs> we used to sing so um yeah i think definitely i mean when we wrote change of love and um a little respect it wasn't really with we didn't have those things in mind mm. that uh, they were they were going to be marching songs. And I think in some ways they got kind of picked up by this uh, LGBTQ community. So we were very, very lucky, you know, but I think because we were just kind of on the crest of a wave at that time and there's a kind of a somewhat of a, you know, social upheaval and uh, gay rights were really being championed in the music business, I think, you know, and then... Mm. Uh, And it did have quite a big effect you know at that time it was like dropping a huge stone into a pool
0: you know (laughs) it's 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 an interesting you you cite Chains of Love which is really interesting to me gorgeous song still holds up as gorgeously 1988 uh, it comes out and I was listening to it again this morning and thinking you know, those lyrics don't give up don't give up now those aren't the only lyrics in the song you know you talk about do you remember a time when people were holding you know the lyrics I'm, I'm quoting yeah. your song to you and i yeah. hate I hate to analyze lyrics, no, but that's for today all right. i well today I was I thinking of it be, beca- <laughs> but but today I was thinking about it because of what you're saying, you know, don't give up, don't give up now you may not have wanted yeah. that as a larger call, but people hear that that way. What is it about that? Do you think people listen to music sometimes because they want that anthem? they want uh, that set sa- that-
3: yes, I think so. I, I think you do. I, I think you need rallying cries. You you do need rallying cries. Mm-hmm. You know, as you're kind of marching along, you do need rallying cries. And sometimes there's some certain tunes, or I think the uh, the way or the time in which they were written, or who they were written by, just kind of like whips up the people um, and it's just like it's just that tune is appropriate somehow mm, you know and, yeah, uh, yeah. it's been uh, I mean I've seen it sang in, in not in quite a few different circumstances you know <laughs> even at even at rugby games and things like that you know so it kind of um, I don't know it seems like it takes on a life of itself yeah. it's a bit like a part of the weather. (laughs) We used
0: to talk about the weather, but you know, you're you're quoting, now you're getting your songs in my head again. (laughs) Well,
3: (laughs) but I'm sorry, it kind of goes around like little kind of whirlwinds going around, you know, people get swept up in it. I suppose, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of the um, social, political reasons why these things happen, you know, but you can't really tell.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think um, if you you premeditate it, sometimes you miss it. You know, and I mean, yes, not, you can't do that. Right. But yeah. not, you know, historically, and you were mentioning different genres, which I think is really wonderful. We're speaking with Andy Bell. You know, I was thinking of folk rock, which is Dylan and those guys yeah. and Pete Seeger and, and Joan Baez yeah. and those women, those amazing, yeah. you know, they, they were intending change. You know, maybe you weren't right. intending change, but sometimes intending change falls on a tin ear, doesn't it? it it's like a... yeah yeah it, it, people can tell if you're trying on. too hard yes
3: yeah definitely if you're trying too hard that's always obvious right. and i think um as you say it needs to be something that is subconscious and uh you know we we were brought up on elvis presley gospel motown uh home, you know, uh, country and western music, uh, Charlie Pride, John Johnny Cash, so all that stuff was in there. You know, yeah, when I yeah. and then my first partner I met, he was really into Jody Mitchell, Ricky Lee Jones, and as you say, Joan Baez. So, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff does soak in. It kind of soaks into your kind of DNA almost. Yeah, yeah. And And um, you know, and when at, as when I first moved to London, we were, we were very fortunate because we had. Uh, Bogsky Beats you know Communards then, then that kind of Frankie goes to, re- goes to Hollywood I was just going to say Frankie Goes to Rehab <laughs> <laughs> Frankie
0: Goes to Hollywood um, that's what he would be called you know, now kind of. <laughs> yes. uh, no. I'm teasing
3: so, I'm teasing um, <laughs> but it's just this whole thing going on you know and uh, uh, and, uh, and the uh, the civil rights movement, the gay civil rights movement, then was kind of—I I wouldn't say in its infancy, but it was kind of like maybe in its early teen years, yeah, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. and it was before all—it it was before all the um, all the sponsorship became involved, which I think, in some ways, kind of ruined it. you know? Yeah, <laughs> because we be, we became we became fenced in, you know. Mm. As soon as you start, as soon as you start wearing um, those wristbands. Yeah. Then you're fenced in because you're wearing shackles.
0: If you say no to things, yeah, when you become an yes. advocate, an, an inadvertent or a a, 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 de- a decided advocate or spokesperson for a yeah. movement or a thing, if you beg off yeah. something, there's that double edge, right? Talk a little bit about that. Have you ever yes. Has, yes. has someone or fan? We could talk in generalities. Has any of your fan base ever yeah. said, "Why aren't you more involved?" Because you can't win, can you? <laughs> you know, you're not you're,
3: really no. I've- yeah, yeah. I mean I've I've been through what I've been through those periods of when um you, you just say you just say yes to everything, you know, yeah. then you and then you kinda of have to learn how to say no. And then you and then you learn how to say no. And lots of time it's just it's just a human learning thing, you know, you yeah. can be used and then you can be conditioned. And also at the same time I was asked to be a if I would be a spokesperson for like for HIV B pills or whatever, yeah. you know, I felt like no way I'm not going to be a spokesman for the pharmaceutical industry, and you know, so you kind of like you just have to go your own way. And in some ways, I'm not saying that you have to be silent, but you have to be still.
0: That's interesting. There's you a know? difference. There's a difference, right? Yeah, as you yeah. say, yeah, yeah. And so, and and you are uh, active. Just to be very precise about it, you're, you're you've been involved with uh, the Hetrick Martin Institute. Uh, that that provide yeah. in New York that provides uh, social support and programming for the LGBTQ community and also diverse yeah. a UK group DHIVERSE so you you have yeah. no, nothing to explain to anyone i'm not suggesting you do i'm just curious i think not ho- we not do ho- this in the US you know this the US builds people up yeah. to tear them down a little bit. So it's a tricky thing, isn't it?
3: Well, I mean, the UK's wor- worse than that.
0: Wow, yeah. The UK's <laughs> much worse than
3: that, yeah. yeah, with their tabloids and stuff, you know. The UK tabloids
0: yeah. are like a works of art almost, I mean, in a shitty way, but yes. Oh, they
1: are, yeah, they are.
0: They're, they're maestros at that. Uh, I want to uh, talk a little bit about your, your, your early years. I was thinking about growing up in Peterborough and thinking about punk rock. Yeah. You, men- you m- mentioned that punk yeah. rock, but there wasn't a scene of punk rock. Talk a little bit about that. That in the sense of punk, no. be, punk being a classic, take up arms music. You know, talk about. Were you interested right. in Sex Pistols? Were you interested in those punk, the UK punk um, scene?
3: I was kind of a little bit. I was, I was a bit interested, but I was, uh, but I was because I was so soft. I was kind of got scared. Like if you, you know, going to going go to those um, bands and things. Or so I never, I never went to see a punk punk band. I mean, the closest I got to seeing a punk band was seeing like. Uh, Susie and the Benchies or B-52s, which I you can't really call that punk, really. But,
0: no, no um, but they're subversive, and in a way, punk is subversive. Yeah, subversive yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
3: so so in some ways, it was a bit kind of ultra-violent for me, which I didn't like. I didn't like that that kind of aspect of it, but uh, at the same time in Peterborough, where I was growing up, I hung out with those uh, people because I thought they were kind of the more cool people and more on the fringes of society and stuff. So Mm -hmm. I hung out out with those people. And at the same time, uh, when new romantic music came came out, I was kind of like, I was disappointed because it wasn't gay enough. You know, it was like, it was kind of straight men wearing makeup and I wanted them to uh,
0: do more. You know? no, where where, are you, where uh, do you locate that, Andy? Yeah. Are you talking about like the glam rock, or are you talk? Are you, are you talking about those figures uh, like Gary Glitter and and even Bowie? Who no, you know, no, new, yeah.
3: New, romant, yeah, new romantic for us. Uh, David Bowie was kind of a bit. Was, Two, it was like two years ahead of me, really. So, yeah. I was talking about kind of Duran Duran and uh, Japan and
0: men wearing ice- eyeliner and y- yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah, yeah.
3: a little yeah. bit like that. But uh, but it kind of you know you you got over it. It didn't. <laughs> I just um, I, I, I I moved to London. You know, there was there was not really a, There wasn't really a gay scene in Peterborough or. Uh, a scene for joining bands, so that's why I
0: moved to London. Well, what's interesting is Bowie may have been a few years ahead of you, but you caught up to him later in Brazil, and I want to talk about that a little later. On yeah, we're speaking because yeah. there's some fascinating pieces around uh, public responses right. to performance. I want to get to. I want to talk a little oh bit God. about. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get to. I hope this isn't hurting too much. I just find you fascinating. I no. find what you and Vince have done fascinating, and because right. you may not find it fascinating, I find it triply fascinating. Uh, we're speaking with right. with the Freddie Bell. We'll talk a little bit about Freddie Mercury as well. Were you ever, were you into yep. Queen at all? Was he, cause he's an interesting figure uh, and course. also because of his lack of coming out publicly and, and yeah, it's so
3: funny because with Freddie, he was one of the, he was one of the people that, um, even though that you knew that he, I, you know, that we knew that he was gay, but and and he was closeted like quite a few of the artists then. it was kind of, for me, I wasn't, he didn't wind me up. Because I thought he was so amazing,
1: yeah.
3: I thought he was such an amazing artist that for me it didn't care. I didn't care if he was whether he was out or not. You know, which is kind of hypocritical. But uh, but then in the in, in the meantime, I've kind of got to know people that he worked with, and uh, and I work I work with them now. Some of them, so I just feel like that's it's one step renewed or uh, one degree of separation from him, which
0: interesting. which t- to me
3: kind of feels like I, that's what keeps me in touch with him. You know, and I, and I, I kind of wish that we might've been friends. It's the same with George Michael. I mean, I never, I never met George Michael ever. And I saw, only one time saw him driving by in his wet Range Rover. And I was just standing on the high street and it, our eyes connected. This was like in broad daylight. And it was just this really lovely kind of connection. It was like seeing Princess Diana drive by
0: oh, that's amazing. or
3: something, you know. That, that that's sort really of gorgeous.
0: Sweet. That you didn't need to speak, and you know, and, no. and, and that shows you what both your as a racer, you and Vince and and George. Have done. It's the music yeah. you know. You know, but you know, a song like "Freedom," George Michael, is that an anth- yep. is that an anthem? Yep. No, he, I, he wasn't out yet publicly. But is that an anth- no, is that yeah. an anthem? I mean, it's agnostic in the sense of it speaks to everybody, everyone can relate to the concept of freedom. But do you think yeah. do you think it was a, a rallying call or did it sort of become one? How do you position a song? I like don't know. Freedom? I
3: think maybe for him, maybe for him, it was kind of like you know, because he wanted to be the sort of uh, with really the iconic kind of like, I think an Elvis type figure, you yeah. know, be like yeah. really, really famous. Which, which he got his wish, you know, he really got his wish. But then at the same time, I mean, when what I got, what I got from that one look that time was that in some ways he wanted to swap places, you know, that he and he wished it was me standing by the wall because 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 he wasn't allowed to do that because he'd gone so far. Do you know what I mean?
1: He'd, yeah.
3: he'd become so famous but I think that's one thing as well. I think one thing by being out in the beginning, it kind of like gives you, in some ways it gives gives you your freedom because you're not... You're not. Uh, nobody has anything over you, you know. And you can kind of. Uh, and you're not going to be like that famous because you. I mean, that that was in those times, you know. And you're not going to be like hugely, hugely famous where you can't walk down the street. So. Well, well you've had uh, you've
0: had your bouts with that, be, not being able to walk down the street. You mentioned 1992, ABBA-esque comes out, yeah. And, you know uh, yeah. the the needle lands again. You know, so you you've had it both ways. That you, was true. Yeah. Would, would do you like that trade off though? I mean, in the sense of you, you you have to be known to be known. You ha- if you're gonna if you're gonna put songs yeah. out that say things, you come with the song. Yeah. The song isn't an thing that isn't created. You are the creator, so you're an important element. No.
3: Yeah. I, yeah. I don't like the. Um, I mean, that was that was thankfully pre social media, so it was kind of we were very lucky in some ways. Uh, because all the only place people have seen you is on the T V or in magazines. It's it right,
1: right.
3: wasn't twenty four seven, you know, so and then uh and then we, because we haven't been on the T V very very much, people don't know who you are now. So they kind of you know, so uh which is fine. I mean I love I love um I mean I must admit I do quite like the saturation of Today stars you know, because it's a completely different game of uh, of how it used to be, you know. But I just think it's this uh, this twenty four seven secure lifestyle is not for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but could you imagine yeah. social media during Freddie if Freddie Mercury was alive? In the sense of, the, and, well, and, I, I think
3: it, they would have had, I th- yeah, they would have had hit squads. <sighs>
0: You know, in a in a way, thankfully he was able to live the life he wanted to. Now we could debate yeah. him coming out or not, and and all those things. But yeah, I feel like we left him in peace in a way, or the lack of social media it's left true. him in peace. Is it? So isn't there it's a san- true, yeah. there was a sanctity to that? No, I mean you, you, it's you, true. yeah, Because you, you, you said something really interesting. You said if if you had been closeted, erasure yeah. erasure would have been bigger. Uh, even though you're yeah. pr- uh, proud of the fact that you came out, w- what about that? Yeah. When you think of Freddie Mercury, and- well, I think
3: the ironic thing is that most of the mo- most of those people in managerial positions and head of labels are gay themselves. Mm-hmm. So, they, or, uh, uh, at that time, so they were kind of it wasn't that they pr- they were protecting their artists; they were protecting almost their own identities. And you know, teenage hormonal girls aren't going to be going and buying a gay man's record. You know, I don't know. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. which I don't, uh, I think is no longer true,
0: but um, I, I agree. But, yeah. but androgyny in a way, musical pop androgyny yeah. is not quite mainstream, you know, and, and it, and it no. I, you know, I, I wonder if it will ever be, yeah. and maybe that's our next discussion. I don't
3: think, it, I don't think, yeah, I, I, maybe it won't ever be, you know, it's, uh, I think because we're really just, uh, we're just kind of exploring ourselves as, as a species. Yeah, you know, and um, yeah. I think we're just going to find out more and more things. And by the time we found out found out these things, we'll be morphing anyway.
0: Yeah, something we'll, else. We'll, we'll be <laughs> yeah. levitating off the ground yeah yeah. well speaking with Andy Bell I want to talk in our last chapter here about live performance and anthems and bringing people together and we know music does this right a live performance you said something so fascinating um that your fans aren't big huge digital downloaders and that you your income to be candid is a lot from live performance and I was thinking that's a that's a great thing because it's it goes two ways. Yeah. It allows you to perform, you need to perform, and your fans want yeah. you to perform. What is it about that?
3: I don't know. It's it's weird as the performer to kind of get your own take on it because when I listen now to recordings of our own stuff, you know, you it's like looking at old photographs and you feel your you can hear the naivety and you feel the uh, you know, the way that your voice has grown hopefully but then when you listen to yourself or see yourself doing a live performance you think oh my god it's so raw you know (laughs) yes yes kind of like so you kind of um you try to find a balance in there some way you know and uh i just um i love when people come to see us and i'm so grateful when they come and uh you and it is you i mean i mean it's a shared experience with all the people that are that are there, you know, and I just want to—that's um, the thing, really, for me, I suppose.
0: Tell me about Bowie for a second in Brazil, performing yeah, and yeah. being called ho- puta, puta,
3: right? Ho, ho, ho. Well, I think it was a term of endearment. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. Are you sure you weren't in Italy? No, think, <laughs> gone.
3: no, no, no. It was that same kind of thing. It was that same kind of Latin machismo thing, you know, which still goes on and people are murdered, you know, and not to be flippant. And, uh, you know, because you say that you're gay, you're instantly, you're a whore, you know, yeah. because you're saying that, you know, whatever. And uh, it just so happened at that time, it was... I don't know if it was the wrong crowd, it was Bowie, so you would have thought they might have been a bit more open-minded, but, and we were no doubt, and you thought, it, maybe it was kind of too much of a rock uh, environment for us to be in, but we came on, and it was from beginning to end, um, just swearing and mooning and all this stuff, and I felt like I you know, we had a force field around us because they were throwing all things and nothing hit us, not one thing hit us. And, um, you know, they were, the back of the stage was was lined with military police and I just thought, oh, you know, what are they doing here? And then we came off and we had to go straight into an MTV interview and I was just about to kick off and scream and Vince just put his finger up to his lips and said, shush.
0: Mm, wow, yeah. It's 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 interesting. You do know how you know as advocates or anthemic music you you kind of do know you have to know as you say when to be still. You know, and and maybe yeah. that's what he was saying yeah. to you just just be still, you know.
3: Well, I mean, I, you, that is true, you know. You could have gone on, you know, I could have gone off right on one. It's not like you know, it, it, I mean, sometimes it's not the people's fault. You know, you get kind of carried away, and um, I was an easy target, and it was kind of—I don't know—it was a—it was kind of being at the wrong place at the wrong time. It was a good learning experience. I mean, we've had, you know, way back when homophobic catcalls in Holland. You know so yeah. you never ever know where where where, where,
0: where the open and the closed minds Do your fans <laughs> do your fans still communicate to you that your music floats beautifully on I mean in the sense of you know we look at we, we just had a month of pride throughout the world not not, yeah. not not as through as many parts as we need but through you know it's growing. Yeah. It's funny this year Antarctica had their first pride gathering oh, And what's interesting she about might... that just to drop a little trivia on you, 10 people showed up but um tech oh, te- but technically yeah. and a few penguins but technically i don't yeah. know if the the penguins were gay or straight I, that hasn't been confirmed yeah. but but technically yeah. antarctica is the only entire country that acknowledges pride because uh, Antarctica is governed by the United Nations, so it's not subdivided oh, into right. cities. So when you think about it, yeah. Antarctica is is is, is uh, open-minded as any co- continent in the world.
3: So that's the first place in the oh, the first place. The whole country acknowledges yeah,
0: pride. Isn't oh, that amazing? amazing? It's kind yeah, of a beautiful yeah, idea. I mean, I mean, it's, I
3: mean my uh, yes. honestly, my heart goes out to some of these people when you see them going and doing, you know, having gay pride in Turkey at the same time. You know, when all the kind of news agencies and freedom of speech is being crushed you know you I just think those people are so brave and I, do, I mean I don't know whether I would be there I don't know
0: well but, you know you, uh, you, that's not the first time you said you weren't brave you know Vince calls you well, fear- fearless uh, I call you fearless. Yes. Um, I, I right. think I think you've made some incredibly big and small decisions that have created this wonderful legacy. I, I guess my, oh. some my, just a couple of final thoughts. You know, do, do you think yeah. you're an advocate or an icon as an artist? Um, we're going you and I are going to uh, agree that you're an artist. That's that's not debatable. But yeah. you know, I was thinking a bit no. about this difference between, like an icon and an yeah. advocate. You could be both. But w- which is more suited yeah. to you? what you've set out to do in your career, be an icon uh, or I an advocate?
3: Me, I think to me definitely is Is for being an advocate, for for just uh, giving people uh, courage and hope and sort of determination, and making people just feel like they can be themselves, whatever whatever they want to be, you know. And um, that's it, really. You know, in the end, I mean, you just want people. I want people just to like my voice you know yeah. and that's it. Well, th-
0: th- th- that's why i said you're an artist the artist is you can't change yeah. that you know you 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 want no. your you want your shoes to fit well and your voice to be uh what, it, what oh. perfect
3: you, 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 just to get some just to get some feeling from it you know cuz i just yes. I, I do think there are kind of healing waves in there somewhere
0: well, well, you know, maybe maybe um, Debenhams is still hiring uh, in their shoe department. I don't know. If well, this, if they
3: this... could you? I do. I always, do, I do think that sometimes. I think Vince thinks that as well. I think you know, what do I do now? I'm thinking, oh, well, I'm getting on a bit. I'm getting like 54. I wonder if they'd have me like. <laughs> <laughs> working in the bar or making sandwiches or something, you know, just just for another thing, just in case.
0: But no, you no, never know. Yeah. I never know. I'm going to apply. I'll beat you. I'll I'll, okay. I'll send my resume first. Oh. You know, next year Stonewall is um, uh, 50 uh, years, 1969. I'm I'm sure you're going to yeah. get many invitations. Is, Amazing. Is, is that an important year oh. for you? Is that going to be an important year of celebration? It. Well, yeah. I,
3: that's the fir- that's the first I've heard of it. But, but now you've said told it to me i think that's really amazing 1969 june 28th
0: june 28th 1969 and uh, i'm sure you're going to be invited do you do you feel it's an important year for you well i
3: mean i it did i mean it has just mean something to me because i uh, you know i i did do one play called the night we buried judy garland which was exactly about that evening that that happened in new york city you know, with the stone wall, with the wall of drag queens doing the high kick and keeping the police away. It was, you know, it must have been an amazing night, you know. Uh,
0: incredible, incredible. Well, y- you honor many legacies at once, you know. I, but to, to be honest and maybe a little uh, selfish, your music. Is my favorite of your legacies because music, as you know, oh, is beyond language. Yeah. It's beyond speech. Yeah, it's beyond. Yeah. It, you don't need to speak English to understand exactly what you and Vince have been no. saying for over twenty-five years. So, I guess my question is: Has someone ever said to you, "You've changed my life. You've given me a moment it's, of change"?
3: Yeah, people have. People definitely say things. Have said things. Um, I, 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 I think they say it to all artists. No, really, kind of doesn't. You know. Um but I mean it is sometimes you feel like when somebody's coming when somebody's talking to you and they're being really, really sincere and telling you their story, you almost can't take responsibility for it. You know? Of course. Of course. Kind of, yeah. Because it's too much.
0: It, it is too much. It's the Pandora's box of being an artist. You're a public yeah, artist. Yeah, You know, whether it's, you know, th- anthems are anthems. You know, even to look at someone yeah. like Morrissey, Morrissey's not making club hits, but those are anthems in a yeah. way, you know, because he's asking yeah. his fans to look inside and you are as well. It's a different, it's a it's, right. a it's a different call.
3: I mean, in the end, in the end, all bullies, all bullies are softies and they were bullied
0: exactly they're small inside you know tell me yeah. tell me one last thing and don't lie because we're friends now yeah um have you ever been in a club heard one of your songs and bounced along to it like oh that's rather good and i don't mean it in a cheeky way i mean your song uh, do, your songs do bring people together
3: i have been in i have been in clubs and uh <laughs> yes. and say you know we've been dancing along and um and I'll say, like, like, even I've been dancing with Vince, and I'll say to him, oh, I love this. And he'll say, who
0: is it? And i say, it's, it's us. <laughs> and you say, who is us? Is that a new band? No, silly. <laughs> no, no.
3: When that happens, When that happens, that's priceless, when he doesn't know who it is. And I tell him.
0: Oh, genius. I love that's like, that shows how connected you two are, that one... Is, is finishing one's other's the other's thoughts. You have to go to Antarctica on your next tour. Tell Vince It's
3: true, it's true, but there's an active volcano underneath there, isn't there? As well.
0: We're, no, no one is safe um, next time uh, I'm in Miami I'd love to do this in person, it'd be a lot of fun
3: Great, okay, we will do it was fantastic to talk to you as well and, uh, and you are right it is about the music and that's it
0: give our love to Vince. All the best to you in your travels and maybe we'll see you next year in in the 50th year of Pride. Maybe we'll catch you on the road. Great. Cheers, mate. Lovely.
3: Thank you.
2: Bye. Bye, Andy. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you. God save the Queen.
2: Open your eyes I see Your eyes are open We're no disguise
0: thank Andy Bell for being here with us today on Murmur. I want to thank you for being here with us today on Murmur, but the more I think about it, the more I think you can be with us here all the time on Murmur. (laughs) iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Download, subscribe, social handles, at MSF Murmur. Join us on Twitter, Instagram, also ModernSchoolFilm.com. Don't forget, I will be in Vienna, July 16th through the 20th Day for night filmmaking workshops for filmmakers, content creators, actors, producers, entrepreneurs, come one, come all. See you there or see you soon.